Are you ready to hear a story? This one's about a little girl who learns about the magic of kindness. The Magic Spark, written by Hannah Erickson. Once upon a time, on a dark, cold night, Shelby and her siblings were walking home from the park. The moonlight slanted through the trees, and the street lamps made little golden circles on the path. Her siblings, two sisters and a brother, ran ahead laughing. Shelby, though, didn't feel like running. She didn't feel like laughing. Shelby was always getting left behind. She walked with a limp because one of her legs was slightly shorter than the other. She'd been born like that. Sometimes it just happens, her mother had said. It wasn't too noticeable, Shelby thought, except when she tried to keep up with her siblings and other kids. Even with the lift in her shoe, which made her legs closer in height, Shelby couldn't match their speed. Mostly, Shelby didn't mind. She usually passed the time by making up stories in her head. But tonight was different. Shelby was tired of feeling left out. The holidays were coming, and her sisters and brother were talking about what they wanted Santa to bring them. Ice skates for Mindy, a sled for Nola, and a dinosaur book for Hugo. Shelby wanted to join in the conversation, wanted to say how she was hoping for a new painting set, but she was too far away and she knew they wouldn't hear her. What I really want, Shelby thought, although she'd never say it out loud, is to fit in. Shelby was deep in her thoughts now, as she often was as she walked along the path, which was scattered with pine needles and lined with trees. So when she saw, out of the corner of her eye, a flash of red on the far side of the path, she almost kept walking. She was, after all, trying to keep up with her sisters and brother, but what was that? As she drew closer, she saw that it was a child in a red coat, curled up, crying. Are you okay? Shelby asked. The child turned her head. Her brown, watery eyes looked up at Shelby. Olive? Shelby asked. Is that you? What's wrong? Olive was a girl from Shelby's school. Ahead of Shelby by two grades, Olive had a pack of friends and normally wouldn't have had a reason to talk to Shelby. But now Olive spoke. I was over at Marguerite's house and we had a fight and I ran out to the woods to find my way home, but I got turned around and now I'm lost. I don't know how to get home. Shelby, who was used to reading all the street signs as they crisscrossed the walking path, knew the neighborhood like a bird no sky. But talking all of home would mean Shelby would get back even later and would certainly be last to shower and scan the cupboard for snacks before dinner. Would Olive do this for me? Shelby wondered. Still, Shelby knew it was the right thing to do. She couldn't leave someone, especially another kid, out in the woods. So Shelby said, I can help you. And as she said the word, something happened. Shelby felt a warmth rise up from the middle of her, from her heart, maybe, and spread like water, like bubble bath, out to her fingers and toes and even the tip of her nose. Then out one of her fingers, of the hand closest to Olive, Shelby watched as little sparks streamed out in an arc, like a rainbow of light between her and Olive. The light touched down on Olive's shoulder, which was turned just slightly toward Shelby now, and right at that moment, Olive smiled. Really? You would do that? Olive said. 
Shelby's eyes were like oysters in the dark. Did you see that? She said quietly, only half believing what had just happened. See what? Olive asked. The, the spark. And then Shelby stopped, realizing that Olive hadn't seen it. If Shelby were to go on about it, it would just make Shelby seem even weirder than Olive probably already thought she was. Never mind, Shelby said. Let's get you home. You're on Arbol Street, right? Shelby led Olive home. As they walked, Shelby tossed around what had happened in her mind. The warm water feeling, the sparks, the rainbow of light, had it been real? Or had it been, as Shelby's mother would probably say, just her wild imagination? Olive lived a few blocks away from Shelby, sort of crisscross from the path. On the way, they talked about school and how dreadful P.E. was, what with all the push-ups and running in circles. They both missed last year's coach, who had let them play capture the flag and make up dances. Shelby stood on the curb as Olive walked up to her house. See you around school, Olive said, opening her front door. See you around, Shelby said. She walked home, and when she got there, her mom asked how her day was. For once, Shelby didn't say, terrible. She said, it was okay. Shelby went to sleep that night, tucked under her quilt, thinking about what had happened with Olive. Had it been magic? Had it been real? Could she get it to happen again? The next day, things were going as they always did, just kind of blah. It was raining, the school drinking fountain was clogged with grass. Who was always doing that? And Shelby had P.E. But then at recess, something happened. Shelby saw a little kindergartner standing by his classroom door looking down at his untied shoes and watching everyone run and play. Do you need help? Shelby asked. I can tie your shoes for you. The boy let out a tiny, yes. It's okay, Shelby said, bending down to tie the laces. I didn't know how to tie my shoes at first when I was in kindergarten either. You'll get there. And just then, Shelby felt the warmth again. And then there was the light streaming out from her hands to the boy's shoes. Wow, Shelby thought. It is magic. The boy, though, didn't seem to notice the sparks. But he smiled at Shelby and then looked at the playground where other kids were playing. You're good. Go have fun, Shelby said. Thank you, the boy said as he ran toward the slide. Later that day, when Shelby's class was making holiday wreaths out of construction paper, one of the students who'd been absent all morning walked into class. It was Margot, and her leg was in a cast. As the class began to crowd around Margot, asking what had happened, Shelby saw Margot pull back, leaning against her crutches. Do you need a hug? Shelby asked softly. Margot nodded, and as Shelby hugged her, she felt her heart warm. She watched as light spread from her arms to Margot's back. Margot smiled. We're making wreaths, Shelby said. Do you want to sit by me? Margot pulled up a chair next to Shelby's seat, and Shelby showed her how to cut the paper and glue it to form a wreath. They spent the afternoon working on their wreaths together. When the bell rang at the end of the day, Shelby started to walk to the after-school program where she went with her siblings. As she walked on the sidewalk past the shops decorated for the holidays, Shelby saw a scarf drop from the woman in front of her. The woman was carrying a toddler in a grocery bag and must not have noticed because she kept walking. Shelby ran up to grab the scarf and said, Excuse me, and then louder, Excuse me, you dropped your scarf. The woman turned around and looked at Shelby, who was holding up the blue and white knitted scarf, 
and at that moment Shelby felt her heart warm. Sparks flew from her hand out to the woman. Oh, thank you, the woman said, walking back to Shelby. My grandmother knitted this for me. It's the only thing I have left from her. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Shelby said, and they smiled at each other. The woman shifted the baby on her hip and draped the scarf around her neck. Happy holidays to you, she said as she continued on. The days were getting shorter and the calendar was tipping toward winter. The holidays were close now, and soon Shelby's school would host its annual holiday sing-along, which Shelby always looked forward to. But the next day at school, Mr. Nicholson, Shelby's teacher, announced that this year there would be no sing-along. The school is renovating the auditorium, he said, so there's nowhere to hold it. Shelby's heart sank. But during the next lesson on fractions, Shelby, who was still thinking about the sing-along, had an idea. On the side of her notepaper, she drew a sketch of a room with wreaths on the wall and people standing in a circle. At recess, she approached her teacher, Mr. Nicholson, about the sing-along. Shelby took a deep breath. What if we use the cafeteria? We could hang our wreaths on the wall. They're almost dry now and sing together instead of on a stage. Mr. Nicholson looked at her for a moment, then shrugged. That might work, he said. But you'd have to help decorate and set up the room so there's space for all of us. Are you up for that? Yes, I'm up for it, Shelby said. I'll do whatever I can. Mr. Nicholson nodded. Let me talk to the principal. That Saturday, Shelby came to the school cafeteria to tape wreaths to the walls. The red and green and blue and white wreaths made the space feel almost festive, she thought. Other volunteers pushed the tables to the center of the room, making space for the community to come that evening. As it grew dark, people started to filter into the room. Shelby's mom and siblings were there, and she recognized a few friends. Across the room, Shelby thought she saw Olive standing by Mr. Nicholson, and to her right was the kindergartner whose shoes she'd tied. Over by the wall of wreaths was the woman whose scarf she'd returned, standing, holding her toddler's hand. They all formed a circle, and Mr. Nicholson lit a candle on a table in the middle of the cafeteria. It was a little dim, but as they sang, Shelby felt the room grow lighter. A warm glow filled the space, which just a moment before had been an average cafeteria like cafeterias everywhere. In the golden light, they sang, some swaying to the music, some holding hands. As they had finished the last song, a quiet fell over the room. Mr. Nicholson stepped forward. Thank you all for coming tonight, he said, and thanks especially to one person without whom we would not be here at all. Olive stepped into the circle, holding a little crumpled piece of paper. She looked at the paper and then up at Shelby. Thank you, Shelby, who once helped me and now has helped us all. Shelby felt, as she listened to Olive, the warmth fill her heart, and when she looked up, she watched as the sparks flew this time from Olive to her. One by one, as Shelby looked around the circle, she saw light stream out from every person directly to her. And that light, well, it continues on. I know, because I was there that day as a young kindergartner standing in that circle. The kindness I experienced that day long ago has continued to travel on in my life. I hope it will continue in yours too. You see, that's why I wrote this story as a way of passing the light on to you. Happy Holidays. <laughs>